0: She's
1: sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
2: If there is anyone out there who still doubts that America is a place where all things are possible.
3: America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. What magic wand do
2: you have?
4: A really strong job report to start the year, finishing really after a very strong year last year. Two point six million jobs created last year, and, and here the first month of this year,
5: three hundred four thousand net new jobs. That's more than economists had expected.
2: And
1: now, Stacy Washington.
5: Yes, and uh, we're back for hour two. We have Paula Bulliard, who's a friend of mine, who's going to join us from PJ Media, and uh, I, I can't wait to talk to her. That's next segment. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. If you would like to join us today, please do. Um, We are live. Phone lines are open. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. Looky here. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of feedback online here from people who are saying, you know what, I actually am pretty good at writing letters and I, I agree with you. That's what we should do. There are some other unintended benefits here. Just let's run through them real quick before we move on to our next subjects. First of all, it gives you a paper copy that you can print out. And when they do come knocking at your door or you get the email for the fundraising, you can send, you know, an image, take it on your phone, just email them right back on their fundraising letter. Here are the letters that I wrote you and here are your responses. And these are the reasons why I'm not voting for you again. Oh, imagine the shift that we could see with these people. And there are literally millions of us, right? Congressional districts have hundreds of thousands of people in them And senators, because there are only two for every state, most of them have multiple millions of people who are their constituents. And they're looking for anything they can use to quantify either a yes vote or a no vote, an inaction on a piece of legislation or action on a piece of legislation. A lot of them already know what direction they're going to go in because they are ideologically adhered to one side or the other. But some of them We'll test the wind and see, you know, because uh, my state, you know, it's pretty equally split or I'm in a purple state. We used to be solidly blue, but now we've lean red and and vice versa. Then they're kind of, you know, looking like uh, Doug Jones. That's a guy who he literally is running ads in certain parts of, of his electoral base and leaving some parts out because he doesn't know. He doesn't want his other constituents to know what he's up to because he's not conservative. So let's let's just consider the impact that we could have. And then, of course, we leave the results up to God. We just write these letters. We're respectful, you know, no profanity, no name-calling, none of that stuff. Respectfully reaching out to these people and then saying, uh, you know, hey, you know what, God, I'm, I'm ri- I've written this letter. I'm trying to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's in obedience to you. And I just ask you to, you know, put your stamp on this letter, make it powerful, make it effective, make it hit the mark, you know, that it's supposed to. And if you're not feeling super confident about whatever that you're, that you're trying to outline, of course, that's where our friends and neighbors can come in really handy. And that's how you also spur on that sense of community that a lot of people really complain that we don't have, um, we don't have any, you know, sense of community. Well, if we're all at home, like I just, I, I, I'm i going to tell on my family now, I'm going to tell. But, you know, I'll tell them tonight that I told on them. I went to the kitchen last night and um, I'd been upstairs and I came downstairs and I went in the kitchen and the three people that are in my family, because <laughs> our oldest is in college, so she's not at home. Um, they, everybody was looking at an iPad or an iPhone or something um, and a couple of them, I think, like the kids, I think, were working on homework, but my husband was looking at his phone. And so there was no sound whatsoever in the room. Everyone was just looking at a device. And of course, you know me, I came in. I was like, well, what's going on in here? And, you know, they we're like, what? You know, I'm doing homework. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that in, per se. But think of the community that we're missing because we let these devices suck up so much of our attention. And so rather than, again, it's not that I have anything against commenting on Facebook. I enjoy Seeing the engagement numbers on my Facebook page do well um, and it's because I know that if that's happening that people are picking up the the things that I'm posting and they're commenting on them, and you know the, the, it, there's interaction there, but that can only go so far, and so get, being informed is important. you want to know what issues are going on like if you've not heard that story that's out there and it's it's the truth, it's the actual estimate of number of people who are going to be released into the country this year, 650,000, if you'd not seen that and you just heard it today on the show, you're probably thinking, you know, what do I do? Well, we've got to start convincing our friends and neighbors that, you know, we're not crazy. We are not not only not crazy, we're looking after the best interests of our friends and neighbors, uh, uh, fellow Americans, and not wanting this to happen. And so the short-term goal of gaining power for the Democrats will end up with the destruction of what we all, we just take it for granted. Don't you just take it for granted that, you know, obviously you pray before you leave the House, but you get on the road and your, your expectation is everyone's going to be pretty much within the bounds of the law. There'll be a speeder maybe or somebody riding a motorcycle acting stupid, but for the most part, everybody's going to drive properly. When they see a red light, they're going to stop. Uh, they're not going to drive their car without insurance or without a license. And we know enough Americans who will go outside of what I just explained there. Those just simple assumptions. You assume that when you go to the grocery store, no one's going to touch you or do anything to you. Not only are they are not going to steal your cart, they're not going to steal your purse, they're not going to touch you or talk to you at all. I save the super short people who constantly ask me to get them the cereal boxes off the top rack. And I do it. I don't say anything. I just pass them the cereal and I say you know anything else. And they say no and then I go on about my business. I don't work at the grocery store, but I do it. We expect certain things because we live here. We expect women to be able to walk around. I mean, honestly, I told y'all about the time I was at Whole Foods and the lady had on the Beyonce onesie and a, a sheer duster and some, the, the boots were killer. I, you, you guys know I got a thing for boots. So the boots were amazing. The rest of it, I was kind of like, what is going on? It, like, I, do I see? I kind of turned my head. I was trying to, you know, lock the minivan. I glanced over. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, th- those boots are nice. But what are you wearing? Are those your under things? <laughs> And still walking around like that, her expectation was I'm here in this part of St. Louis County. I'm going to walk into this whole foods. I'm going to shop and no one's going to touch me. I'm dressed inappropriately, but I want to, and I will, and no one's going to touch me. We just have these expectations here. All of these things change when we import third worlders. Yeah. I said it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with that truth? Don't get mad at me for saying it. Uh, There's a cardinal, he's black, he's uh, from Ghana, I think. Um, And he's huge in the Catholic Church. And he just said, now, I don't have the audio for you because he's speaking in French, I believe. So that wouldn't work for us here on this show because we speak English. But he said, in essence, that he disagrees with Pope Francis about his stance on we have to help migrants get into these Western countries because he said, this isn't an issue about migrant or not migrant or legal or illegal, although those are important distinctions, he said we can't allow people who aren't Christians to migrate en masse into Christian countries because they are the reason that Christian countries will no longer be Christian. Now, do you see what's going on? While we're focusing on the legal, illegal issue, which I, I certainly have focused on that, haven't I? The issue is, A Christian nation cannot remain Christian if you repopulate it with people who aren't Christians. Now, some of the people coming from the southern border are Christians. Uh, A a good number of them are actually Catholic, really. Um, But. Oh, no, I think we've had callers and oh, no, I can't see any callers. So we have. I'm just checking in with my producer. He just texted me and I, I can't see callers. That call screening thing is not hooked up. Um, so what we're doing is we are allowing, we, we are permitting our Christian heritage to be obliterated. And it's no wonder that the Democrats are doing it. Sorry, Democrats who listen to the show. Y'all know better. You're, you're, uh, your convention was booing God. You guys are the ones who want to take God out of your platform. You guys are the one who have weakened the language on the protection of Israel and as, as our closest ally. Y'all have the problem on that front. And so, you know, you can say, well, I'm a moderate or I'm an independent, but I just vote with the demo. You just voting with those godless folks who want to take away our Christian heritage. And that's what this immigration thing is about. It's about power seeking, obviously, changing the ability for Republicans to just have Americans vote for, uh, you know, conservative ideas in the Constitution and the obliteration of Christianity, our heritage, eliminating it. So we can't allow that to happen. Uh, It's just garbage. It's total garbage. Um, so if we have callers and I, I can't see them, but if we have some, you're welcome to, let me take a look and see. Yeah, I can't. Oh, John. Okay. Let's go to John in Kansas. Thank you so much for calling the show today.
1: Hi, I just want to tell you, I love your show and it's so encouraging to hear, uh, you preaching the gospel the way you do and connect it to what's going on. And, and, um, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit very violent dangerous environment in the 60s Um, people put bars on their houses not to keep police out not to keep um you know police from helping them but to prevent criminals from coming into their houses and in this country we have the inner cities barred because of that people are trying to protect themselves not from the police but from people who want to break in steal and kill them um the past couple decades The Democrats have really pushed government-subsidized housing into so many different parts of the country where non-Democrats don't have a stronghold. Mm
6: -hmm. And
1: what's going to result is these illegal immigrants are going to move into, and we're seeing it, subsidized housing. The government's promoting it. They're going to create the same kind of environments I tried to get out of as a kid to get out of Detroit because of how dangerous and hostile it was. And we're seeing that in, in neighborhoods around the country. I, I live in Kansas now, and there's, there are communities that used to be great places to raise your family, and now it's become very similar to what I grew up in in Highland Park in, in the inner city of Detroit. And, you know, it's very, you know, to your point, it's very discouraging to listen to the news. But God has an answer, and what's amazed me, and, and you, you, you've talked about it, um, Trump got elected, which is, you know, just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And Me too. Not that he, not just that he got elected, but he's done more pro-life work as a president than I imagined he would or anybody mm-hmm. running for president in the last 40 years.
5: I didn't think he could and, pull and, all that and, off, to be yeah. honest. And then, I mean, and then, I'm with you. And then, I couldn't have.
1: And then the other thing is I'm thinking, well, they're so after this guy and – You know, there's got to be something there, and like you said, and then, but God made a way for him to get cleared of all this collusion, and, you know, we have to also look at what God's doing in our country, using somebody we didn't expect as a vessel to bring about change, and so we have to pray, we have to fast, and believe that God is going to turn this culture back, and we need to be evangelists with our neighbors, like you're saying, and one by one, win this country back.
5: It's true. I I want to say thanks John. Um thank you for the comments and and for the compliments. Now I I would just piggyback on what he's saying. He couldn't hit it on the head m- more perfectly. Um and he said fasting, which I didn't say earlier and I that was uh you know I I didn't I didn't leave that out intentionally. We do have to fast because that's when we really, you know, we we move the hand of God when we are weak and we come to him in that condition when we when we discipline ourselves in that way. And so I just I encourage you. Um, I, I hear it in, in John's voice. I know I felt it this week so many times. The burden of this—this this kind of—it's just bad, horrible news. But only the grown-ups feel that way, right? I mean, people who have no wisdom don't see the calamity until it is already overtaken them. The Bible says that. So we've got to pray and fast and speak to our neighbors about the seriousness of this issue and write these legislators. I mean that's a that's a that's a plateful, but we can handle it. God is able to work through us. Let's let's get it done. When we get back we'll have Paula Bolliard with us. So you guys stay right there.
6: It's amazing, but true. When it comes to one of America's biggest household expenditures, healthcare, a lot of people think they've got no choice. People are used to thinking we have to do it this way, but they don't. Yes, you have the freedom to choose an alternative with your healthcare. It's MediShare and it costs way less than the alternatives. The typical family saves $500 a month, not a year, a month. And if you're single, this can save you a lot too. And let's face it, a big reason MediShare is 400,000 people strong, it just works. They've shared over $3 billion in medical bills, so they can help share your needs too. Joining MediShare for so many people is one of those things that makes you say, why didn't I do this before? So yes, the time has come for something better. Look into joining MediShare and see why so many people are opting out of the old way and into the new. Why not look into this? Just call 855 Psalm 23 that's 855 PSALM 23. 855 Psalm 23. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson.
0: Lots of controversial ideas get promoted during election season. We are getting our share of them this time. Eliminate the Electoral College, regulate campaign speech, and end the filibuster just a few. It occurred to me that the best way to respond to many of these proposals is to remind Americans that our country is a republic, not a democracy. The framers recognized that this country would be quite diverse. They wanted to create a government that would allow different viewpoints to get a hearing. They didn't want the president merely to be elected by the larger populations in the cities like Boston and New York. That is why we have an Electoral College. States with small populations fear that states with large populations would always select their candidate. The Electoral College forces candidates to campaign in the entire country, not just in population areas. That also explains why we have a House of Representatives elected by voters every two years. But regardless of its size, each state gets two U.S. senators who were selected by the state legislatures every six years and are now elected by the popular vote we have a bill of rights in the constitution to protect americans especially minorities from a democracy where the majority could take away fundamental rights from a minority we enjoy freedom of religion freedom of speech freedom of the press freedom to bear arms and freedom from unlawful search and seizure even the idea of a filibuster in the u.s senate was implemented so that the majority would be forced to hear the arguments from the minority before passing important legislation The filibuster may have been abused, but the concept once again illustrates our constitutional order. Unfortunately, many of these controversial ideas are being proposed today by political candidates who went to law school and should know better. I'm Kirby Anderson,
1: and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Socialism, go to viewpoints.info slash socialism. That's viewpoints.info slash socialism. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
5: Before we get to our guests, let's go ahead and take a quick phone call. We were having some difficulty with our producer software that tells me that we have callers. So we'll really quickly go to Mason in Mississippi. Hey, Mason, thank you so much for calling the show today. Uh, hello, Stacy. Hi, how are you?
2: Hey, Stacy, I'm good. Hey, long time, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for doing what you're doing, You're doing God's work.
5: Thank you. Um, I appreciate
2: that. I'm calling today to talk to you about how President Trump has been saving our country, especially from Barack Hussein Obama and how he used the UNESCO World Heritage System to take over at least a dozen, some people say up to 15 naturally occurring aquifers around our country. Now, Obama, declaring these sites, UNESCO World Heritage Sites, Allow these European, these foreign, these socialist organizations and and powerful, wealthy liberals to come in and take up all our water. And say, you know where they send that water? Uh, No. They send to Europe. Ah. And the third world countries. So, so President Trump is putting a stop to that. Because UNESCO is taking up all our water, sending it overseas, where.
5: You ever heard of Ferrero Rocher, Stacey? Yeah. My daughter loves those. <laughs>
2: Your daughter loves those well. You better be careful, okay? Because Ferrero Rocher's pulling stuff in on water. They're sending it back. And you know what happens from there. And it's just it's mind control.
5: Ah, well, um, so thank you so much for calling, and for listening to the show. I appreciate your call. Um, But we do have to get to our guests right now. And I just wanted to make sure that you got a chance to call in and and make your comment on air uh, because we were having that little snafu with our producer software. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Paula Bolliard. She's a managing editor of PJ Media and uh, one of my favorite sites, pjmedia.com. Paula, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Stacey. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So let's talk about this audit of Twitter. It's my junior senator from the great state of Missouri where I live, who's actually putting out this clarion call that, uh, you know, Twitter cannot continue to suppress conservative speech.
4: Right. Uh, and who doesn't love Senator Hawley? I mean, he is really chilling it, especially on this issue of pet companies censoring conservatives. So I think we're lucky to have him in the Senate, but, um, Yeah, he put out a call last week for Twitter to have a third-party audit because he doesn't think they can uh, correct the problem of censoring and deplatforming conservatives, and he called on them to do that as a result of the movie Unplanned, their Twitter account first being suspended as the movie was hitting the box office and then losing 100,000 followers in a couple hours, which is very troubling.
5: It is. Uh, and, and I was kind of watching all of that. I tried to follow the account and I kept clicking the follow button. It wouldn't, it wouldn't let me. Um, and then they were, the the account was taken down. And then when it was put back up, I tried to follow again. And after six attempts, I was finally able to click the button and it worked. But I tried, went away from Twitter, came back, tried, went away from Twitter. And it was a few hours later that I was able to follow. So if I'd given up, then I just wouldn't be able to get their content because uh, at the time, I wasn't allowed to follow them, and they've lost their blue check mark, which apparently losing the blue check mark also knocks some of your followers off as well.
4: Yeah, it was a very bad situation. And, you know, Facebook, as always, they blame the algorithm and you know, say they didn't do anything intentionally, but it, it keeps happening, you know. Conservatives keep getting deplatformed, suspended. We've had several of our authors and editors at PJ Media suspended for with no explanation for months at a time. And, you know, in particular, it happened to Bridget Johnson, who really never posts anything even slightly controversial on her Twitter feed. And she was deplatformed for several months and still has no, they restored her account eventually, but never gave her an explanation for it. But, you know, they can blame the algorithm and, and say the computer did it, but it is, very suspect because it happens to conservatives
5: so often well and i i need to make the point that um the thing that's most disturbing to me about it is we don't have anyone who's a representative there that we can reach out to directly so for uh for facebook they have a number of people that you can reach out to and say do you see what's going on with my account and you can send them screen grabs and they'll help you But with Twitter, they don't have anyone. And that's because their company is 100 percent homogenous. They don't have anyone working there, even though they've had Glenn Beck and, uh, you know, uh, a number of people, Ali Alexander, people that we know or that we've met before, that we've seen their work, went to that big conservative meeting. It was like a roundtable thing. Uh, Facebook had one and Twitter had one. And nothing came out of the Twitter one because they didn't hire anybody who could interface with us. So we still don't have you have no recourse. If something happens, you just have to tweet at Twitter or at support and hope that someone mm-hmm. makes your tweet go viral. Like you have to have a congressman care about you. Like Jesse Kelly had congressman retweeting the fact that he'd been suspended for no reason. And, uh, you know, obviously, I'm glad to see Jesse back. He didn't deserve to be thrown off. But not all of us have congressmen who will retweet us if we get the boot.
4: Right. You're exactly right. And, you know, even if they were to add someone conservative to their staff, look what happened at Google this week. They tried to put K. Cole James from Heritage on their board and employees on MAF rose up and railroaded her out and they just canceled the, the committee altogether because I, I talked about they that today. to associate with her.
5: Right. A woman who is on a board for NASA. So I don't think they chose her because she was a conservative. They chose her because she was the only one available who also had the connection they needed to NASA because they want, they want their board to have access to agencies that can help them with this AI project. I, it's a no brainer for them to have her on the, the, uh, the committee. In fact, I, right. what what else could they do if they can't have her on the committee and they can't have the drone guy, they might as well disband. They had no other choice. Right. They, and, you know,
4: it's not about her qualifications or her background. It's that she thinks wrong and she doesn't say the right things and she doesn't tear at the left wing talking point. So she's not acceptable. They, you know, it's unbelievable the bubble they live in. I'm out here in rural Wayne County, Ohio, out in farm country, and I just went to a Republican dinner this week. And the prayers and the references to God and, <laughs> uh, and to Jesus, it's, if someone from Silicon Valley were to come and show up at that dinner, they'd have probably committed suicide there on the spot because they couldn't handle it. You know, they would have had to take them out in straight back. It's, it's a different world out there in California.
5: It is because I can tell you that is that is my life here in Missouri. And I know it's not the same for everyone who lives in the St. Louis metro area. There are plenty of godless people here who don't have any interaction with people of faith, but um, they're the minority. By by a long shot, I, I regularly hear people talking about, you know, faith. Uh, you know, I see people praying in public. Um, lots of the fish kind of decals on cars. But more than anything, it's this kind of acceptance, even if it's begrudging by some people like the educational sphere here in Missouri is very anti God, very, very much against uh, Christians being represented. But that's in public school. Every other place, mm-hmm. private schools, you you see people acknowledging that they have to because they're donors, and a lot of the people who send their kids to school there are Christians, and they're just they're not willing to alienate those people. Um, I don't know what a Californian would do if they just had to, you know, kind of experience what I experience on the regular basis, which I find wonderful. Almost all the hospitals here in St. Louis are either Jewish in origin or they're Catholic in origin. Meaning, you, li- I was at the doctor yesterday in the morning. I saw scripture on the wall. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. was, I didn't I didn't even bat an eye. I was just like, oh, that's comforting, you know. <laughs> right,
4: right. It's the same way here.
5: And, you know,
4: I, I think if if they were magically transported here one day, we'd have to provide Play-Doh and service animals and whatnot to get, you know, help them to cope with all those
5: references to God all over the place in Ohio and Missouri and Mississippi. Wait, did you say Play-Doh? Is that a thing, I, giving Play-Doh to adults to help
4: them cope? Isn't that what they did after Trump was elected? They had uh, safe spaces at colleges where they provided Play-Doh for them to, to help, help them work out their, <laughs> their stress.
5: <laughs> I heard about the dogs and the, the, uh, the therapy dogs. I didn't hear about the Play-Doh. That is pretty no, amazing. No, there was, you know,
4: I would be so ashamed if my, one of my sons had gone to a college and needed a safe space. I would feel like I had totally failed as a
5: parent. So would I, I mean, sometimes when, and, and obviously as moms, we know our kids, but sometimes we'll laugh, you know, cause our, we, we have so much stuff going on here and sometimes the best way to deal with stuff is to laugh at it. And so we've been mm-hmm. making jokes out of some, you know, it's, they're serious issues, but we've been making jokes out of them. And I, I actually enjoy that so much because it means that even in the midst of something that's, it's clearly not an optimal situation, if we can laugh about it. It to me demonstrates, uh, you know, it's kind of like we're trusting God to take care of this, and so we just can laugh about it and not worry. And that is something that is really it, it takes mental toughness to do that, and we should appreciate mm-hmm. it because, as you pointed out, Paula, it's in short supply,
4: right? And you know, eventually maybe it, it'll be illegal for things like that, but for now <laughs> we can do. Which is why I I am such a huge fan of the Babylon Bee. You know, they, oh they, yeah. These issues that everybody's so intense and so serious about, and make life—and both sides. It's not just you know going after Democrats or liberals. It goes after our own our own people and our own churches too, which in some you know cases is very well deserved.
5: I love it when they go after the right because um, then I can laugh at that, and then I don't have to feel like I'm I'm only laughing at the left when they go after them. I think if you're mm-hmm. going to do stuff that's, you know, play stupid games or do stupid tricks, win stupid prizes, whatever the slogan is, uh, it's appropriate. Let's let's make light of some of this stuff because we deserve an opportunity to laugh in the face of all this bad news. I, I'm wondering if over at uh, PJ Media, have you guys been covering at all the... Um, the 650,000 illegal aliens that are set to be released into the country if immigration keeps up at the same outrageous pace, the illegal immigration at the southern border. Have you guys been covering that?
4: Um, yeah, well, we have a daily live blog, so we update it constantly on what's going on in the news. So we've talked about it a lot over there in particular. But, uh, yeah, it's a huge issue and very scary to think about that. And it seems like, um, obviously, systems are not in place to
5: handle that appropriately. Yeah, so I think one of the things that's really disturbing about this is that we have Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats who are literally saying there's no emergency when Jay Johnson, who is nowhere near a moderate, he's a hardcore leftist. He's even said 1,000 a day was a crisis during the Obama administration and we're at 4,000 a day. And he's saying he doesn't even understand how we're still functioning. How can we Mm. not have the Democrats at least say, OK, all right, you know, we'll give you that, you know, um, it's a crisis. Right. Well, <laughs> you know.
4: because they want they want to import more Democrat voters. That's that's what it's all about. We We all know what the game is here.
5: But, you know, isn't it true, Paula, that once the people who are for like the so-called proletariat, which is the fancy upscale multimillionaires who run the Democrats, once they get all of their third worlders in here, the first people the third worlders will want to kill stone to death run over with their cars you know throw, toss off off of uh, 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 skyscrapers will be nancy pelosi and her her ilk because they won't be liberal right. and socialist enough
4: right but you're absolutely right and but i mean no one ever accused democrats and nancy pelosi of long-term thinking here they they are about how do we win the next election and maybe the one after that, but they're not thinking twenty, thirty years down the road. And that's how they managed to pass Obamacare. They knew there would be fallout, but it was more expedient to pass it immediately before anybody had a chance to see what was in it.
5: Well, I gotta say and I get I get that. You're totally right, Paula, but there's a there's a thing um, you, can, you can see destruction coming upon you. Like you can actually see it. We tend to ignore it, uh, but you can see it. And I think the warning for, for Nancy Pelosi is AOC. It's those three actually, mm-hmm. Tlaib, uh, Omar, and AOC. Those are the warnings. They're the canaries in the coal mine. They're the blinking red light and the, you know, the bell sounding. The train is upon you. Get off the track. Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. should be because she's losing control of the Democrats, which she, I think she thought she'd have a really easy time to go around second time as speaker. Um, that should be her clarion call that maybe on immigration, they've gone too far to the left because the people who come in will be more radical than those three. Mm-hmm.
4: And, well, and the thing is, she can't shut them up. <laughs> the train has left the station and it ain't coming back. You know, they she has tried to temper their Crazy, but she can't do it. They can go right around her. And, and the same thing Trump did, he was able to go around the establishment by using Twitter, and they're doing the same thing. And yeah, yeah, I, and, you know, another issue I think that that's happening on is abortion, the infanticide in New York and Virginia. I, when I go to church and I go to prayer meetings, people are that's what people are talking about. And I haven't heard anything like this in a long time. People are asking for prayer for it, asking what they can do. And I think they really, really overshot on that. And I think that's going to be an issue in 2020.
5: Well, so yes, I, I believe you're right about that. I think a lot of people who are good, you know, i am I'm, I'm trying to avoid using my quote fingers because I know there are people who are truly, you know, they're they're like God-fearing Christians and they're just misled and, and they're really sticking with the Democrats for whatever reason, that they, it's almost like they woke up one day and they're like, wait, these are Democrats saying this? Infanticide? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? And then they had to kind of, a lot of them were just so repulsed, their automatic reaction was, like you said, praying, Um, they're not going to vote for them anymore, and they might not be at a place where they're willing to embrace President Trump, but they've certainly had an awakening that we just couldn't seem to get it done. This issue has Mm -hmm. awakened a ton of Americans to the truth about who the Democrats have become. Paula, managing editor at PJ Media, you guys do great work over there. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Stacey. I enjoyed it. And thanks for your kind words. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Paula Bolliard fantastic they she's she's an excellent writer i actually posted one of their pieces over at the facebook page if you'd like to read click through uh, check them out all right we will be back with more last segment of the show friday guys you can call in 866-963-2037 866-963-2037 more stacy on the right right after this
1: Equipped with Chris Brooks, this program is an apologetic endeavor. What I want to do is really train you in the art and science of defending and commending your Christian faith to people who maybe they've been hurt by the church, maybe they don't believe like you believe, and you're saying to yourself, "How do I have an effective conversation with them?" Well, we're looking for an evangelistic edge, if you will, that will allow us to more effectively, more contextualize the gospel so that we can reach men and women for Christ. Quite often, the on-ramp, if you will, is looking at culture and taking advantage of the conversations that folks are already having and saying, how can I leverage this to get people to talk about Jesus? This show becomes kind of massively significant to you if your desire is to reach people for Christ. Get Equipped with Chris Brooks. Join me Monday through Friday at
6: noon Central Time on Urban Family Talk. I'm Will Addison, director of Urban Family Talk. We desire to be a movement of time tellers. In 1 Chronicles 12.32, it says, the sons of Issachar were men who had understanding of the time to know what Israel ought to do. In these perilous times, God is raising up a people of discernment who will see, pray, and act. We sound the alarm as watchmen. We cry aloud that God's people may be activated for his service. Join the movement at UrbanFamilyTalk.com.
1: The Holy Spirit speaks to everybody. The problem is most folks don't listen. Lonnie Point-Dexter. If they do listen, they don't take it to heart or they get fearful or whatever. But when you listen and act upon it, wonderful things happen. And because a man of God heard the voice of God and acted upon it, it blesses me today. And you as well for listening in. Lion Chasers. Weekday mornings at 10 Central on Urban Family Talk securing america
5: transgender troops remain in limbo as the trump administration's new ban makes its way through the courts the democratic controlled
6: house passed a non-binding resolution opposing the policy congressman joe kennedy led the effort here in our country if you can wear the uniform if you can meet those standards then your contribution counts your government's got your back. The White House has argued
5: the Defense Department should not be paying for sex reassignment surgeries. Republican Representative Vicki Hartzler agrees.
0: The Department of Defense announced already that they have spent $8 million on those uh, individuals who have identified as transgender last year. And that money has been spent on psychotherapy, on sex change operations. And that's money that could have been spent on bullets, body armor for our troops. In January, the U.S. Supreme Court
5: allowed the policy to go into effect while the issue plays out in lower courts. In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News.
1: You can download episodes of Stacey of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or urbanfamilytalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Russia seeks to return to great power status and will continue to challenge the
0: United States, not only in Europe, but also in the Middle East, Asia, the Arctic, Africa, the West Hemisphere. They continue to undermine NATO as an alliance and sow dissent throughout the European continent, as we know, even in our own homeland, through a variety of means. Russia remains the only current existential threat to the United States and will become, in my opinion, increasingly opportunistic and willing to take greater risk in the near term.
5: So too bad the Democrats don't care about that reality. They only care about Russia as it pertains to, hey, they're the puppet masters of Donald Trump. Notice how none of them have apologized for saying that he was a Russian agent, that he committed treason. The very ones who are saying that are the ones who committed treason. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Uh, I keep saying register for the conference, which is in the last weekend in June, but it's not the last weekend. It's the 21st and 22nd, which is the second to the last weekend. Make a note of it. You can go to urbanfamilytalk.com and get actual real up-to-date data on it uh, instead of relying just on me and my weird, uh, you know, calendar memory. <laughs> just admitting the truth, guys. It's Friday. <laughs> you cannot get me down today. I'm so ready. Tomorrow it's supposed to be 71 degrees. and I uh, So there's a possibility that we could still have some winter weather show up. And I'm so miffed about it. I don't even want to, like, can we just talk about how miffed it makes me that we could have 70 degrees for three or four days and everybody start acting like it's spring and putting plants in pots and stuff. And then all of a sudden we could have a cold snap. I'm annoyed, but I'm glad that the person who pointed that out to me did mention it so that I could not be one of those people whose stuff freezes overnight and then have to start over again, which I will not be doing. I'm not doing it two times. Sorry. Uh, So... Welcome back to the show. Uh, Now I want to pivot over to you heard this army chief of staff saying Russia remains the only current existential threat to the U.S. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration because China is also a threat, but they maintain a better status with us as allies, I think, than Russia does. Um, But they're still out like, look, they they let that fentanyl thing go on for how many years? How many Americans died? They didn't do anything to stop it. That's hardly the action of an ally. But anyway, Um, so now I want to pivot over to Ken Starr. Full disclosure, I may or may not have, when I was on regular commercial radio, said unkind things about Ken Starr. Nothing that would make the news, but I definitely wasn't a fan. I was tired of him and his whiteboard. I was tired of people acting like he was such a huge expert, yet here I am about to play some audio from him. He says uh, that House Dems, actually, I'm mistaking him for Carl Rove. Carl Rove is the one I made the untoward comments about with the whiteboard. Ken Starr only pops up occasionally. I don't really have anything against him. I mean, you know, whatever. But he has this audio bit that I want to play here on the show. I want you to listen to of him declaring an all out war on President Trump. Now, it's interesting because as as often as we see kind of the people who they say they're nonpartisan come out and kind of make a statement one way or the other, this statement is so true. And I think. It kind of accounts for what we keep marveling at, which is we don't see Democrats apologizing. We don't see them backtracking. We don't see them acknowledging that the president's been exonerated. Well, you can't do that if you declared war. If you've declared war on someone, it doesn't matter what you learn about them. You still have to take them down, right? So here he is. It's number one.
3: We have to protect grand jury information, full stop. Uh, now, there can be a court order under certain circumstances to reveal this. But you know, there are policy reasons for grand jury secrecy. It's not just a rule. It's a rule that says, witness, when you go before the grand jury, you can rest assured, you've got to be truthful, don't lie, but you can rest assured that that will remain confidential, except the most extraordinary circumstances. Just wide and full disclosure is just not anticipated by uh, by witnesses. So I think it really tugs at the very purpose and function of a grand jury. Leaving aside national security information, as we know, Bob Mueller reached out to uh, a number of uh, foreign countries. There's some 13 requests of foreign countries. So. There's a lot of sensitive stuff, and we haven't even gotten to privacy interests that uh, Chairman Nadler used to care a lot about.
5: Yeah, Chairman Nadler used to care a lot about privacy when it was President Clinton who was having all of his business shared. But now that it's Donald Trump, he doesn't care. Um, So Ken Starr actually discussed the process of releasing the report. And, you know, I've done a whole lot of speculating here on air, but let's listen to an expert here. He's been through this before. He was the author of the Ken Starr report on President Clinton's malfeasances. So, uh, number two.
3: Yeah, they will literally be in a uh, room going line by line. Uh, Obviously, we live in the electronic age, but I'll bet you a nickel that they are sitting around going line by line through the report, so that's going to take a while. But uh, Bill Barr has promised transparency, so he's going to try to – do his job to protect the sanctity and the confidentiality of the grand jury process again we've talked about national security information but they're they're going in with highlighters and saying hey this is grand jury uh, information so we've got to be careful about that so by the way just as a quick editorial yeah. note we now see the problems of what we used to do during the statute under which I operate, which is full disclosure, give it to Congress, and then Congress will do whatever it wants. So guess what Congress did with the so-called Star Report? revealed it all, shockingly, right? And then people recoiled and said, well, we don't want that anymore. That's what these regulations are designed to do, to stop that kind of complete, full Monte disclosure.
5: So does that make sense? I I really feel like it does. It makes it um, it makes them much more civilized. And of course the public has a need to know we're the taxpayers, we paid for uh, everything that they did. But we also, we have a responsibility uh, to protect people and to uh, operate in a civilized manner. And if he were guilty, it'd be a totally different like, story because you would think to yourself, okay, well, we need to see what's in there. Um, and we still can see what's in there. We just don't need to see every little jot and tittle because it's not necessary and that's what those regulations were meant to protect uh, so now I want to pivot over to uh, old Jussie Jesse Smollett you know uh, I've just been holding back I mean obviously we've discussed it a little on the show but I've been holding back a little bit because I thought to myself if it's anybody who knows how to play machine politics it's the police up in Chicago and they are not playing around with Jesse Smollett. They have just sued him. So remember, I catch you up on the updates if you haven't been paying attention. Because this story, I mean, and I know it enrages some people, but I'm not enraged. I'm amused because I just don't think they're done with him yet. He was given a deadline with which to repay them $130,000 for the cost of the investigation into the attack against him because it was fake. Well. The deadline has come and gone, and he's refused to reimburse the city of Chicago for the cost of police overtime spent investigating his false report. So, and this is from a spokesperson of the Midwestern metropolis of uh, Chicago. (laughs) So they're saying that the law department is now drafting a civil complaint that will be filed in the circuit court of Cook County. Once it's filed, the law department will send a courtesy copy of the complaint to Mr. Smollett's L.A.-based legal team. Under Chicago bylaws and made clear in the letter Smollett was sent on March 28th, the city can seek more than $390,000 from the actor, which is three times the original amount, plus court costs and attorney's fees. Representatives for Smollett had no comment when they were contacted by Deadline, who's reporting this story. Now, he was written out of the last two episodes of Empire, but empire has currently it's got like a renewal thing that it's under right now. They have to decide if they're going to renew the show. And in that same time frame, you know, his his contract is up, so they have a couple of months to decide whether or not they're going to bring him back as well. This is horrible for him because what he what he was hoping for when he his his friend, no, it was his mother, I think. His mom contacted her friend who is deeply connected to the Obamas. And Michelle Obama made some calls to her friend, who's the prosecutor, and got the charges against him dismissed because he was trying to calm everything down and let the story die out so that he could get his contract renewed. So instead of negotiating for more money, he's just basically trying to keep his job now. Well, with this lawsuit by the Chicago police it's just not going to happen. It's, this story's not going to go away. Because now we got to wait and see what the judge says. Will the judge rule against him? What amount will the judge assign in damages? If the judge rules against him, what will happen? Yeah, it's its, its own show. Only the thing about this show is there's no money associated with it. So, also, Rahm Emanuel has just been out of control. He said... um that he's angry he called it a whitewash of justice and chicago the police there have also done a vote of no confidence against the prosecutor apparently this woman actually um well a unanimous vote let me get that get that out the union representing the chicago police to force the police department and the chiefs of 30 surrounding police departments reveal that they conducted a no confidence vote into Fox's office. The result was a unanimous because that's Chicago style, right? But they've also got mayor elect and ex-prosecutor Lightfoot saying she's going to look into what went on in the Smollett case. So that's another horrible wrinkle, not in his favor. But the most important part of all of it, that the part that just this guy is still holding on to the fact, Jesse Smollett, he's still holding on to the lie that he was attacked instead of just admitting, because he he wrote the checks. The two Nigerian guys have already saved their skins by telling the truth about what happened. And uh, then you've got Taraji P. Henson who's saying that he is coming back, which I'm sure she probably wants him to because she doesn't care about what he does or money that, you know, she's rich. She doesn't have to be... um, she doesn't have to care about what police departments have to pay. Personally, if you want to know what I I want, I would love for them to cancel the, the series. Just cancel it. Um, but I don't watch it. I don't know what its ratings are. I just know it's garbage. Um, and we probably won't see that. But who knows what can happen. We can always hope. We can keep hope alive. Um, so I wanted to kind of run down these last stories. I had a whole bunch of stuff for you today. And we just, we had great callers, great guests. And so we didn't get to everything. But quickly... Remember I talked about, uh, you know, we, we did mention it when I was on, on with Paula, Google has disbanded the Artificial Intelligence Ethics Board because they had a drone company representative who was on the board and they had Kay Coles James. And because of the backlash, 2,300 comments on the Google messaging sites and, you know, scientists and uh, Googlers, as they call themselves, a whole lot of people really upset about the board having anybody on it that they didn't like. So now they've disbanded it and they're going to have to regroup and come back later with, you know, basically they won't be allowed to have anybody on there who's connected to NASA because they don't have anybody else they can get. Maybe they'll come up with someone. Um, Pivoting over to jobs, we talked about the 196,000 jobs created last month. And I just want to kind of caution people, when you hear the naysayers talking about how the economy is going to slow down, there's going to be a recession, there's going to be a, you know, this kind of bubble, that kind of pop, whatever, just remember that the economy is based largely upon the sentiment of the people participating in it. So pessimists want to talk the economy down because they would love to see an economic crash or at least a recession going into the next election because that is the only way that they can ensure that President Trump wouldn't be reelected because Americans don't like reelecting someone who's presiding over a garbage economy unless they're voting for that person because they don't want to be thought of as racist as they did for Barack Obama. Slowest recovery ever in the history of this country. Still got reelected black privilege. Oh, I know people don 't want to hear that miss me with it it 's the weekend so then you 've also got the blue collar workers enjoying wage hikes, thanks due in no small part to a shortage in foreign workers. This is according to the New York Times. you know they hate anything having to do with the truth or conservatism. They have this piece out entitled uh, "The Long and the Short Hold on um They have a piece out titled, Short of Workers, U.S. Builders and Farmers Crave More Immigrants. The Times admits that President Trump's tightened higher American labor market through increased immigration enforcement has delivered historic uh, low unemployment rates. And I, I just, I have to say, give it up. Give a little bit of credit where credit is due. So, it's good news when Americans can make more money because employers don't have the option of undercutting our American labor force by hiring illegals and foreigners. It's it's always good news. That's good news on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all week long, 24 hours a day. That's good news. Um, now I just want to remind you going into the weekend, you may encounter someone who will say that the real issue now is not Russian collusion or obstruction because the president, you know, paid off bar to fix things up for him and Mueller really wasn't as honorable as we thought but it turns out a lot of people in the white house don't have security clearances and that's the real the real rub it's those trump kids they don't have security clearances don't buy it do you remember the story we covered here on the show extensively daily caller news foundation reporting on point muslim it spies Given jobs with access to highly sensitive information in the House of Representatives, 44 House Democrats exempted them from background checks, and they were able to come in and bilk all that money out of the American taxpayers? Yeah. Don't let them get away with it, people. They never care about background checks unless the last name on the background check request is Trump. Okay? All right, that's the weekend. Y'all get out there and enjoy yourselves. God bless from the heartland citizens. Until next week.